see, that's the other issue is that sometimes then we're taking things like, I'm just going to use Advil as an example where you're taking ibuprofen over the counter and then you're getting other consequences. You're, you're band-aiding it and you're covering up that pain, but then you could have gut issues or you could have cardiovascular issues or, or things that come up because of this regular use of medication. So I think really the headache is showing us, it's a symptom that's showing us something else is going on and really figuring out what that is, is really important. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 148 of the Art of Living Well podcast. We are here with Dr. Meg Mill, functional medicine practitioner. She's a best-selling author. She's a podcast host of a little bit healthier podcast, and she's a speaker. And we were actually just on her podcast talking about sugar a few weeks ago. So check it out. Anyway, today we are having Dr. Meg Mill here with us to talk about headaches and migraines because we know it is such a huge problem in the world today. And What was great about our conversation with Meg is we really talked about getting to the root cause of your headaches and migraines and how you can do that, how you can become a detective of your own health. So we want to stop popping pills and covering up what's going on. We really want to get to the root cause of what's happening in our own bodies. And we talk with her about some food triggers and that, yes, our hormones can play a role here. And it was just such a fabulous conversation. And I know there are so many people out there that sometimes they can't get out of bed in the morning because their headaches or their migraines are so debilitating. So let's jump right into this conversation with Meg. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Shield Your Body. Shield Your Body is a company that makes products to shield your body against electromagnetic frequency or EMF radiation from modern technology. Did you know that all modern technology is a source of EMF radiation? Cell phones, laptops, Wi-Fi, even your refrigerator is a source of EMF radiation. And each year we are exposed to more and more EMFs. There are literally thousands of high quality peer reviewed scientific studies demonstrating clear links between exposure to EMF radiation and a wide range of negative health effects from anxiety and infertility to sleep disruption and cancer. Fortunately, there are easy ways that you can reduce your EMF exposure right now that cost you absolutely nothing. After reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I stopped using my AirPods, something I used daily for hours sometimes and have switched back to the old school wired headphones. And for me, after reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I really put my foot down and insisted that my kids 
keep their cell phones and their laptops out of their bedrooms at night while they were sleeping. And I've been working on Jordan as well. And I think after reading the guide and listening to our podcast, he has finally agreed to do that. So download your copy of a free guide at shieldyourbody.com to start improving your health right now. And be sure to check out our episode number 123 with R. Blank, CEO of Shield Your Body. Hi, Meg. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We are so excited to have you because we know that headaches are a topic that affects such a large population from kids to teens to adults. And we really love what you're doing, trying to you know combat the headache issue. And we can't wait to share your immense knowledge on this topic with everyone today. And we would love to hear your journey in a nutshell of how you became a functional medicine practitioner after leaving conventional medicine. And I know that you really wanted to see people thrive instead of just surviving. And you eventually have become this headache guru with your clients. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And actually it started out for me in more of a personal journey. So I was, um, you know, one seeing people that I was working with, like I said, thrive, survive, sorry, survive rather than thrive and really just being put on more and more medications by really not feeling better. And at the same time, I was also having a personal journey where I was having some health issues and mine were actually at that time more gut related. I was just like, got to the point where I couldn't even eat anything. Like, like I just never knew what was going to make me sick. I was trying to give up where I see pe- this happen with people all the time. You're trying to give up all these foods. You you don't know which food is helping you, which food's hurting you. And I was, and then I was going to different gastroenterologists and just getting told I had IBS. You know, I feel like that's just like, we don't know what's going on with you. It just slapped on there. So it just kept getting worse and worse. And then I would try some things, actually, some of the things I tried, you know, in the holistic space were not even really, you know, helping too. So I was just trying to get all these answers and I found functional medicine. And it wasn't until I put that um, and really got to the root and figured out my problem that I started to be able to have relief and heal my gut. And so it made me passionate to go back and get certified in functional medicine really to be able to share this with others. So then the headache piece came in and I do get headaches, but I'm not necessarily a chronic migraine sufferer. I've had some in the past, but it really came to me because I just kept seeing this with women. I work with a lot of women and when they were coming to me, either I was getting people that were coming to me with headaches and migraines or when we were doing an intake questionnaire, we do like this um, detailed intake questionnaire, detailed symptom questionnaire when we're working together. And when we go through that, the other thing that was happening was that people were normalizing the headache. So it was just, they didn't even think anything of it. They were coming to me for something else. And when we talk about it, they were saying, oh, I've had head, I get a, you know, a, a migraine once a week or twice a month or you know, for, for as long as I can remember, but it just was such a normal part of their life that they were just accepting it. And that, and then we'd work together and they would be so amazed because they would think, oh, wow, I don't have migraines anymore. I don't suffer from headaches. And, um, and see this amazing life change. So I just really became passionate about helping more people know that it's possible that you don't have to suffer. And even though you feel like, oh, that's just a part of your life, it, it really doesn't have to be. Well, and I actually have a question about that. That's so interesting. So when you talk about normalizing headaches, is it normal to have a headache at all? Like what if you have a headache once every four months for 30 minutes or like what is considered normal in the headache realm, if any at all? 
Yeah. So, I mean, our bodies are all different and something can trigger you. Yes. You can have, you know, maybe you're dehydrated or maybe you even didn't sleep well, or, you know, you strained your neck or something that's going to just cause you to have an occasional headache. But really, if you're getting them, I would say, you know, more than a few times a year, you know, if you're getting even a monthly headache or even every two months that you're having to take medication, because see, that's the other issue is that sometimes then we're taking things like I'm just going to use Advil as an example where you're taking ibuprofen over the counter and then you're getting other consequences. You're, you're band-aiding it and you're covering up that pain, but then you could have gut issues or you could have cardiovascular issues or, or things that come up because of this regular use of medication. So I think really the headache is showing us, it's a symptom that's showing us something else is going on and really figuring out what that is, is really important. I, I love what you're doing, Meg, and I love your story. Um, and just like a few things that you said, you know, don't normalize your symptom. And I think that as a culture is what we do. And then there's so many Band-Aid solutions at every, you know, corner drugstore and, and grocery store. And we just pop pills, right? And I think even back to when I was younger with, you know, even like menstrual cramps, that's what we did. And it's just, I mean, everyone walks around in their, you know, purse or their bag with some sort of pain relief instead of addressing the root cause. So I, we're so excited to dive into this topic today. And Marnie and I personally know so many people that have debilitating headaches and migraines to the point that they are in bed for one or more days every single month. So I'm just excited to share this with everyone um, and help people thrive, not just survive. Um, so let's dive in a little bit, go, get right into headaches, which you know, obviously is one of your specialty areas. So how can patients say goodbye to these headaches without drugs? You know, we just kind of dove right in and said, like, if you're taking, if you're getting a headache more than a few times a year where you have to take some pain relief, then that's a sign that, you know, your body's trying to communicate. There's an, un an underlying issue. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to start to look at all the connections. So you want to take all of these different factors that can be triggering headaches and we're going to put the puzzles together. So we almost become like detectives of you. We take, you know, different things that you may not even be considering could be contributing to your headache, like hormone imbalances or gut health or even your stress levels. And we put those pieces together. And once we really unravel the, um, the puzzle, then we can stop the headache. So, you know, one of the, I guess the first place that we can start to talk about is hydration because that is just really an independent risk factor for headache that people might not even consider. It's free. You can start drinking more today. So you want to be able to you know, try to aim to drink half your body weight in water. Um, you also want to make sure when it comes to headaches that you're actually sipping your water throughout the day, that you're not just gulping it all at once because um, we really want to make sure that we're getting hydrated at a cellular level. And sometimes when we're so thirsty and you just, you know, down a bottle of water or something, you, you might excrete a lot of that water because you're getting it all at the same time. So if you sip your water through the day, at us, you know, it really gets that increase in hydration. And then even maybe depending on um, adding some electrolytes to be able to help that too can be helpful. So, um, you know, that's the first place to get started. Another simple thing that you can do is really look at how you're sleeping because that's another independent risk factor for migraines is not getting enough REM sleep. And so are you actually getting good quality sleep? Are you really prioritizing that? I know, you know, that's a time where, 
especially people that have young kids sometimes, you know, like you can put your kids to bed and then have those extra hours or it's a, your own personal quiet time and, and people will stay up later just to have that time in their day. But then we're lacking the sleep that we need to really regenerate. And so just kind of putting the mirror up and, and thinking, are you actually sleeping well are two really great places to start. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because I think about a couple people that I know that like Stephanie mentioned suffered from suffer from migraines and both of them have sleep issues and sleep apnea specifically. And in my mind, it's all connected. Yeah. So the sleep apnea is an interesting point that you're bringing up too, because you know, when we also have this diurnal rhythm that we need. And so one of the other factors when it comes to headaches and migraines is our stress and our cortisol. And when we have this increased cortisol, we can have other hormones that increase that really increase the pain sensitivity. So then I like say we're stuck in this kind of chain of pain where we're getting pain that's increasing stress, it's increasing pain. But the sleep apnea also will give you those cortisol spikes at night. Your body thinks that you're not surviving at night. It keeps waking up. So you're not really getting that high melatonin sometimes that you need to restore at night. You have too high levels of cortisol at night. So you're, you're disrupting your cortisol. That, that can disrupt your cortisol pattern too and definitely contribute. So we just have to try to find things that that really break that cycle. And do you find that there are differences in like the type of headaches that people get and like the root cause? Like if someone's getting a headache and how do you even know, like what's a migraine? Is there like a definition of a migraine headache and like the root causes? So is there like, if you have this type of headache, maybe the root cause is sleep. And if you have another type of headache, it could be hydration. Yeah, it is. So yes and yes and no. So yes, there are definitely different types of headaches. So we can have like the tension headache, which is more of like the dull band of pain with not really a pattern. You know, you get the migraines, which are those severe headaches where you really can feel like the nausea and um, you need to go to a dark place. You get more generally more of a throbbing type headache that lasts can last up to 72 hours. Um, and that actually generally follows a pattern where you can get the auras and different things associated with these patterns of headaches. You know, you can get cluster headaches, which are more of a stabbing pain that is short and actually movement can help cluster headaches there. It's a totally different dynamic. Um, You can get hypoglycemia can cause headaches. We can get rebound headaches from caffeine, you know, so there are, yes, there are a whole bunch of different types of headaches, but I would say that when we're really putting these, these puzzle pieces together, it doesn't necessarily, while there are different underlying dynamics when you put some of the pieces of the puzzle together, no matter what type of headache, I've seen all sorts of different, you know, all different types really resolve. So it's not like, oh, this helps tension headaches, but it doesn't help a migraine. Now, if you know, if you, like I said, if you have like, you slept on your neck wrong and your neck's out of balance and you need to actually go get an adjustment from a chiropractor that needs fixed and it's something physical, then you need to do that in order to maybe sometimes get that tension relief and, and have it go away. But but it really does help all types of headaches, different forms when we're really putting these pieces together. Super interesting. Um, and one of the things that I think like, I don't think of, I'm not, I'm not one that suffers from headaches, thankfully, but when I think about like when my kids say that they have a headache, the first thing I say to them is, did you drink enough water today? Like every single time I'll, t- I'll ask them that first. Cause I do think a lot of people are walking around dehydrated and they're getting headaches. But what I don't think about are the hormone imbalances. 
And, you know, I guess that's more common than we realize and can really cause the headaches. Can you talk about that a little bit, like the dynamics involved in those hormone imbalances and what a person can do to, I guess, fix that? Yeah, so absolutely. So um, the most common type of hormonal imbalance when it comes to headache is either estrogen dominance or a rapid change in estrogen. So when we have this, um, and often the people that if you're get if you're someone who's getting these cyclical migraines, like if you have a migraine every month at ovulation or every month the week before your period, really think about hormones. Think about hormones being a factor there because we're getting these patterns. And um, so we see this estrogen dominant dynamic and we're supposed to where progesterone and estrogen are both declining, but sometimes progesterone declines faster than estrogen, leaving you estrogen dominant in that, in that period. And so you can start doing things, you know, with, when I work with people, we do hormone testing and we look at all of your hormones. We look at all of the metabolites and we really get them back in the balance because with hormones, it's a little bit hard. You do want to test, not guess, because sometimes when I have people that came to me, you know, different times saying, oh, I tried dim or I tried this and it really made me sick because, you know, if you have high estrogen, is it high estrogen? Is it, or is it actually low progesterone or are you metabolizing it and you have a 16-OH high metabolite that's more proliferative? Um, So something, you know, it's really figuring out those dynamics. But one thing you can start to do right now is just start to look at what we call xenoestrogen. So you want to look at those estrogenic components in your environment. So you can start to do things like switch your dairy and your beef um, to make sure that they're hormone free, that they're grass fed, you know, just really paying attention to things like that. You can look at your beauty products. You can look at your cleaning products. I say when I'm working with people, just switch one out at a time because it can get expensive, but it's just, you know, you're done with one product really look at the next product. You can go to ewg.org and look at their skin deep, um, website. And that makes it really easy to see what products are good and what chemicals are in things. It's because it's kind of hard. You look at that label and you're like, I don't even know what any of this means. How do I know what's good for me and what's not? So that's a good resource to have. And then even a simple thing like um, changing your containers in your kitchen from plastic to glass, because, you know, people are often eating from plastic and then we're also dishwashing it and heating it. And when that happens, that, that BPA that's in the plastic that can be a xenoestrogen will leach into your food. So you could actually be, you know, eating this and the food that you're eating. So, um, you know, just making that shift because that's where we eat can be impactful too. So just starting there and starting to look at where your even Google like xenoestrogens and where am I getting them? And you'll be amazed at the list that comes up of places that you're you're actually exposed to more estrogen. Yeah. Those are such great tips. And I know I mean we Marnie and I have talked about a lot of those things on different shows with different guests talking about xenoestrogens and making some swaps. And EWG is such a great resource out there. It's free and it's it really helps just like cut through the chase of looking at those labels because they are really confusing when, you're, yes, when it comes I mean, to like personal care products and things like that. And Think Dirty is another one if you don't want to sit and look at all the ingredients, but you just want a quick number rating and you can just scan your product and get the number rating too. 
because sometimes that list of ingredients can be super overwhelming. I know. It's like, what does this mean? We're looking through. But it, yeah, just having those resources and taking the time to really pay attention to what you're using, what products you're putting on your face. We don't think of our skin as, you know, it's like your skin's a giant mouth. You're absorbing the things you're putting on your skin too and breathing in and all of those things. And it's your biggest organ in the body, yes. right? So mm-hmm. you want to take care of it. like. Absolutely. I mean, I've heard stories where people will like remove certain products from their house and their headaches and other symptoms go away, you know, especially like the fragrances and things like that. Uh Um, So can we talk a little bit about triggers? Like for some people, what are the common triggers? You know, I've heard like friends say, oh, like, is it alcohol or if they're sleep deprived or the weather or, you know, when it comes to migraines, things like mm-hmm. that. But I'm curious, even, you know, for someone that's drinking, say a lot of diet soda that has, you know, artificial sweeteners in it, could that be a trigger? Yes. So it's interesting when it comes to food and headaches and migraines, because there's different components. So we do know that there's certain food groups like data shows that are triggers for migraine headaches and different headaches. But um, it gets a little bit complicated because not all of these foods are triggered for all people. And then Uh it even is more complicated because some of the time it actually is combinations of food. So you may like, for example, we'll say like a a glass of wine. So you may have a glass of wine and you you feel fine because, and then another time you can have a glass of wine and you get a migraine and you think, well, it probably isn't the wine because I had that, you know, last glass of wine last week and I didn't get the migraine, but you may have had some wine with some aged cheese that actually increased your tyramine levels above a threshold. And and then that gave you the migraine. So it's really dialing in to your specific needs. I actually was work, someone I was working with actually just said last week that she had like this bag of nuts and she was like eating this and she eats nuts all the time, but she had the whole bag. And then that, that created the migraine. So it's, it's like figuring out really dialing into your unique needs and figuring out those consequences. And so we know, like I said, like tyramine foods are one, salicylates, which are citrus fruits. That might be a surprise to some people. Nitrates, which are like hot dogs, bacon, things with MSG in prepared foods, prepared soups. We You mentioned aspartame and diet soda and even caffeine, can have, um, while that's in some medications to treat migraines, the rebound effect of caffeine can also cause migraines. So then I'm going to add another layer on here because it gets a little bit more complicated. So once we look at those food groups, then we also have to take another step and look at your food sensitivity. So um, when we have a food sensitivity, we're getting an IgG antibody immune response. And so sometimes when we're having food sensitivities, that also can trigger headaches and migraines. So we really want to dial into people's specific food sensitivities and cut those out for a period of time. And then we often reintroduce. I think people think like, oh my gosh, there's so many foods. I don't want to attempt this, but it's not. I actually want you to have more freedom. I just want you to be able to eat knowing what triggers you. So sometimes just really becoming a detective, finding these foods out, knowing your triggers, then you actually have freedom to not worry about what you're going to eat. And I can attest to that because I stopped eating gluten for a long time. Like I completely cut it out for, I don't know how many years, but a lot of years. And now I can eat it again. And I've kind of figured out my body's threshold. Like I know if I eat too much and it's not a high quality gluten, I will get a rash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like my body doesn't like it, but I can eat a little bit and be okay. 
Yeah. So you've learned and and dug Mm -hmm. into your needs and what works for you and where your threshold is for that, for that response. And then once you do that, you have that freedom to be able to enjoy, you know, if it's a a birthday party and there's cake or a wedding or something where you want to enjoy something like, yes, you can have that freedom. And that's where I feel like, I feel like sometimes people don't want to take this step because they do feel too overwhelmed by like, okay, you know what, if I really open that door, is it going to be limiting to me? Am I going to not really be able to eat what I want? Am I not going to be able to do what I want? But I don't want, I really want you to figure out those things and not feel that limitation. It's more about discovery. Right. And like you said, it's a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, your body will start to respond positively to the foods that you're eating and not eating. And then you yeah. just start to feel better. And then you're all of a sudden like, well, I don't even crave that as much as I used to. And then you can enjoy it in small doses when you want and, you know, kind of focusing on the higher quality foods. So Yes. And I say that to people, I'm like, the magic happens when you're making these choices, not because I'm telling you to, but because you feel better. And I think that's when it's like so empowering of like, okay, I want to make this choice because I know the difference in the way I feel. Totally agree with that. And it is empowering. And like Stephanie said, the, the more that you start to feel better, the more you want to eat the way your body wants you to eat. If that makes sense. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> so, you know, we know you've helped a ton of different patients and I'm, you have a lot of wonderful testimonials on your website. Can you share a story about a woman who came to you with terrible migraines and how you worked through it and were able to maybe improve the quality of her health and her life? Sure. Yes. I have so many. So I'm trying to think of you know, a really good one, <laughs> but, but really a lot of them are very, you know, similar where it's like you, you're suffering from migraines. You're, you know, I think that gives you a feeling often people from everything that people tell me, you know, I've worked with a lot of people on this and it makes you feel very isolated. There's a feeling of, you know, no one really can understand because it's a silent pain. And then you also feel overwhelmed because you're trying to be the person that you want to be, but you can't because you just never know when you're going to have this debilitating pain. It, it it affects your ability to travel. It affects your ability to plan because you don't know when they're, they're going to hit. So um, I had someone come to me, you know, and she was just really struggling to take care of her children because she felt terrible all of the time. And she was on these prescription medications that were causing her to have these really bad side effects too. So she was not only, you know, treating it with Advil or Tylenol or things, but on a daily prescription medication that was really um, causing terrible side effects. She was just trying to struggle through life. And so what we do is, you know, we do a detailed intake questionnaire, we do a detailed symptom questionnaire, and then we um, really dive in. And, and then, so I start people, well, I'm going to actually kind of bridge this into, I I created this eat method. Um, So we, we really go through that. So the first thing that we want to do is we want to look at all of the triggers. So we want to find out your unique triggers. We want to, we call it enlighten. We enlighten you on the things that are going to affect you with foods, with your environment. We look at even things like heavy metals or, you know, I mean, Really, if you've been suffering, it's interesting. I know I'm, I'm jumping into different things, but if you're even getting these like daily regular migraines, you even want to dive into things like, could you have had, could you have Lyme or could you be exposed to mold or, you know, it's really those layers of how deep you we dig. 
And so we work on like, you know, enlightening all of those things, getting you to eat correctly for your body and, and figuring out all your triggers. And then we work and we worked it to align. And so when we align, we work on things like hormone balance. We want to look at stress resilience. We want to look at your circadian rhythm. We want to put all of your body back into alignment and balance. We want to fix your gut. And when we do all of that, then we set you up to thrive. And we really make sure you're really on the right nutrients to support you, looking at all your nutrient balances and everything like that. So then, you know, once that, once all those things get put into place, then the, then the prescription medication goes away. Then, you know, she was able to pull back her prescription medication. And I, I guess I see over and over again that not only does the prescription medication go away, but also the the incidence and severity of migraines rapidly declines. Now, I can't say you'll never have a headache again because our bodies change all the time. You know, there's things like you said, every four months you could have some, you know, every once in a while, but it's just not this pattern where they, I, I, my favorite quote is people saying to me, I just don't wake up feeling like, is it going to be a headache day? They're able to just live their life the way they want to if that would come up out of the blue for some sporadic reason, then you handle it, but it's not a part of the regular life. So then, you know, I always say the side effects are that you get more energy that you've, you know, you feel better. And, you know, instead of the side effects is like hurting your body, you're actually also getting more energy. You feel better. You're less anxious. You have all these pieces that go together. How would you like to wake up on January 1st and not feel like you needed a complete reset because you overindulge from Halloween through New Year's. And I know how tempting the cookies are. Trust me, I have been there before. But wouldn't you like to be part of a community of like-minded women who during the holiday season, which can be stressful, but also so much fun, you were able to hold true to your health goals and thrive with a community of like-minded people who are going to hold you accountable. So we have this awesome program kicking off on November 16th. It's going to run 30 days. And I don't just want you to take our word for it. I want you to hear what some of our prior participants have had to say. I would recommend the 30-Day Holiday Thrive Program to anyone who wants to help themselves focus on their wellness goals, be it nutrition, meal planning, exercise, meditation, self-care, in a very supportive environment. I very much felt supported by Marnie and Stephanie. It was helpful to hear that they have the same struggles, and even though they may be farther along... On the path to wellness, the work of eating right, sleeping, moving is a daily goal for all of us. Well, we're here to help you on your journey to find your art of living well. Click the link in our show notes, message us, head on over to our website. You know where to find us. DM us on Instagram. We can't wait for you to join our community. I'm just thinking about the mom who wakes up, who has small kids or any, you know, maybe you don't even have kids, any person really. But if you wake up every day with the stress and anxiety of wondering, is today going to be a migraine day? Am I going to be in bed? Am I going to be, take care of my children? Am I going to be able to go to work? I mean, that right there, that underlying stress in and of itself is not good for your health. So mm-hmm. it must it just actually be, can perpetuate headaches yes. too. So, <laughs> so it exactly. is. Yeah, exactly. So what, like, you're just really improving, drastically improving the quality of all these people's lives. Which is so amazing. It really does make it. Yeah, it is really amazing. That's why I'm just I'm passionate to share it because like I said in the beginning, I think we normalize this and it's people just think they have to live with it. Or they think this is another interesting thing. They think there's a headache gene. 
And it's that's an interesting, like, oh, I just have a headache gene in my family. Everybody gets headaches. Well, while there, there's really no headache gene that I know of, there are different, like you can have different genetic variants that maybe you don't methylate as well, or maybe you have, you know, maybe you don't have a DAO enzyme that works as well or different things, which can set you up to have propensity of migraines. But the thing is we can fix all of that. We can do things to help balance that and help overcome those. And I think then that's when also another factor that you can see a big difference. It almost sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, or or like a not a scapegoat, but kind of like justifying why they have their headaches. Um, mm-hmm. When I think about, you know, someone with debilitating migraines or headaches, and all of the things we just talked about, I could see where a person would feel overwhelmed. Like it's almost like you have to overhaul everything, right? You're talking about your water and your food and your stress and your sleep. And like, I mean, you're really overhauling your health, trying to kind of get to the root of what's causing the headache. So if there was one or two simple things that you would suggest somebody start with, because this could seem daunting or overwhelming, what would it be? Yes. So, and I think that's why working with someone can be just, or if you are feeling overwhelmed, you know, then you get a roadmap where you're like, okay, I have the guide. I have recipes. I have, you know, I have a safety net that's just going to walk me right through. Cause putting all these pieces together on your own can feel very, could feel like, how am I going to do this? But the one thing, yes, I would start doing right now is actually print out a blank calendar and start to look at patterns. So I want you to print the blank calendar and then I want you to write down um, on the days that you get your headache, what you ate that day and the day before. And then I also want you to, um, you know, what, what time of your cycle is it? Is there any stress that's different? Did you drink a different amount? You know, are you feeling any changes in the weather? Anything that is different. And so then that way you can just start looking at patterns. You know, sometimes you can start to see patterns that come up for you. And that's a good way to just start to really open your eyes and see kind of like, okay, maybe there is a trigger that every time I have this food or every time, you know what, it's the day 23 of my cycle every month, you know, to clue you in on some of the underlying causes. I think that's great great advice. advice. Yeah. And I, I often will do that with my clients just in whatever issue we're working with. Um, I'll have them. I, I love the calendar idea. I usually have them do it in a journal. Um, but I like the idea of actually printing a calendar so you can see the day and where, like you said, where it falls in your cycle. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then it just starts to put, and I think people don't necessarily want to journal or calendar like every day what they ate, what they did. But if you're just doing it when you have the headache, it's not that much work to do to really mm-hmm. start to see these patterns. Yeah. So one question, just pivoting, I know we've talked a lot about headaches here, which is, you know, clearly your specialty, but I know you're really passionate about hypno breath work and that helped you with your anxiety and panic, panic attacks in your thirties. And I know a lot of our listeners also suffer from anxiety. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what this entails and how you use it in your practice to help your patients? Sure. Yeah. So I have, when I was in my thirties, I started getting panic attacks. Like 
when I would sleep, it was really hard because it wasn't like, oh, I was going to go to do this and they would come on. It it started happening whenever I was sleeping and I would wake up with one and it was, you know, terrifying. I got, I went the, you know, conventional route and got, you know, got a medication that made it worse. And it was just like this cycle that I was in and I knew I needed to make some changes. So that was a big step for me to make some changes in my life to really reduce my stress, to just, you know, work on bringing my body into calm place. And so I did a lot of training with on meditation. I became, you know, I did the transcendental meditation. I did different meditation trainings. I did breath work and I was really on my own personal journey. And while I feel that meditation is wonderful, I do think when I'm working with people um, that, unless you practice and are good at it and really have that as a regular part of your team, sometimes people have trouble really meditating and getting value of it. So I was looking for a new tool. I was like, okay, I need to have something that that gives people a tool. So I, I had been searching and I found hypno breath work and what it does. Um, and I actually have done hypnosis in the past too. Um, but this takes breath work, which we know brings us back into the parasympathetic nervous system. And then it, puts hypnosis with it so that at the same time we can rewire our thoughts. So while we're using the breath work to get our bodies in this hypnotic state, we're bringing ourselves back into a calm place. And then we prompt to rewire thoughts. So it's a faster way, I feel like, and it gives you a tool to be able to use to really make that change. So I did it for about a year. And then I was like, I need to become certified in this because I want to share this with people. I want them to be able to have this as a tool. So we can actually dig in into your personal blocks and your personal, you know, where you're feeling. Cause sometimes like even people with, you know, that have, that have been suffering from headaches or any health issue for a long time, feel like, how am I really going to heal? Do I, you know, I'll try this, but is it really going to work? And so sometimes really reprogramming thoughts can go a long way too. So it can help anxiety. It can help healing in general. It has a lot of benefits, but I, you know, I've really enjoyed using it and I see a lot of benefits with people I work with. That's so cool. So logistically like you do it over zoom or face-to-face or either I do it actually because I have a virtual practice I do it over zoom so I would have them go to like a comfortable place where they can put a blindfold on lay down and then we do it like virtually and then they have a recording they can use so then we'll record it so that they can use that as a tool too and do the clients that do this with you feel like they were hypnotized or do they just feel like they're almost like in a deep stage of rest and putting, you know, different mindset ideas into their heads or like, I'm always curious. mm -hmm. So what we do after, I think that one of the keys of doing something like that is to journal because when you're in that place, like right after, because when you're in that place, you get thoughts, you get ideas, you get new thought patterns, they come in. So what, but what can happen is, you know, you get up, you go back to your life and all that stuff (laughs) comes back, all of the negative thoughts, all of the like, oh, the sludge, you know, so you can go back to the journaling that you did where you were thinking those pure thoughts that were coming through when you were in this hypnotic state, and then go back and, you know, read that, get back to the place. Sometimes we say like, what's your next action step so that you have a tool to use then that you got while you were in this place. That's, this is so interesting. I actually just started this like group program I'm participating in. And at the end of it, the woman does this 10 minutes of, she calls it hypnosis meditation. And she reads all of our intentions while we're in this state. And then we journal after. And so it's, we're not doing breath work, but it's kind of similar in that you're trying to rewrite those neural pathways. 
with mm-hmm. these, this intention, which is why you're, you know, maybe things that are causing the anxiety or the panic attacks. Exactly. And so we have stress, you know, we have all of these things. And when you really do research in it, um, I like to research, (laughs) I do a lot of research. So when you do research into things, you know, there's statistics that come up that say like 90% of the thoughts that we think are the same thoughts that we thought yesterday. And we just get into these patterns of thought that just keep going and going. And we're really playing out the same things because we're in the same pattern of thought. And so once we can change those and we can create new patterns, it can make a big difference. So mindset is key. I mean, I think when it comes to healing, it is really important to to make sure that you do have the mindset to know that you can heal. And that's what I tell people. I know you can heal. I just need you to know you can heal too. Absolutely. I And I couldn't agree more. I think Stephanie and I both, like mindset, I think is almost number one. If you're not in the right mindset to, you know, work on some of the things in your own health and your own body. I don't know. No one else can do it for you. Exactly. Um, Well, this has been such an enlightening conversation. Um, But Dr. Meg, where can people find you? How can they work with you? You have a virtual practice, which is amazing. Um, And just, you know, how do you work with your your patients? Like one-on-one or do you have any programs and things like that? Yes. Yeah, so I have, if you want to grab, I have actually a free guide to get started with some of the things we talked about today. So you can get that at www.helpmyheadaches.com. It's a free guide um, to get started with some of these tips and get started on your journey to say goodbye to headaches. It's www.helpmyheadaches.com. And then um, I have a virtual practice. I work one-on-one with people and that's at megmill.com. Um, but I also run a live group program specifically for headaches and migraines. And we do a food sensitivity test. We do a hormone test. So it's actually, it's actually a headache program, but we rebalance hormones at the same time. So if you, you get, you get that as part of it, which is, is um, exciting too. And that you can find information about that at happinessbeyondheadaches.com. And I actually also have a podcast called a little bit healthier. And so the point of my podcast is to do th- find things that you can do every day in your life that can just make you a little bit healthier. It's not just specifically about headaches and migraines, but we talk about all things that you can do just, you know, cause sometimes it's just taking those little steps, um, every day to make yourself a little bit healthier. And I'm also over on Instagram at Dr. Meg Mill. So if you want to find me <laughs> over there, I'd love to connect with you in any way. That's great, Meg. And we will link all of that up in the show notes. So people can go check that out to find your podcast and all of this free gift and all of this great stuff. So thank you so much for that. And Meg, as we wrap up this conversation, one question we like to ask all of our guests is, what does the art of living well mean to you? So I think the art of living well means creating a balance in your life. I find that whenever anything, any one thing in your life is so extreme, it creates this imbalance that puts everything else off balance. So I think really just finding that balance that works for you and really being able to maintain it. I think even when we, let's talk about food for a second, you know, when we're talking about some of these, if you eat so drastically and you limit yourself so much, then, you know, you're off balance because you're stressed about what you're eating and you can't manage it and you can't. So, you know, if you can do everything or if you can get sleep, enough sleep that makes you feel rested and well alive. And, you know, so just really creating all of these different pieces in your life that create balance, I think can, it is really the art of living well to me. <laughs> well, that's just wonderful. And so um, 
you know, so simple, but you shared a lot of great tips to help people, you know, achieve that balance. And I love your podcast too. You know, they're like these relatively short episodes on a specific topic. And it's just like a little bit healthier. Like you said, I think that's such a great name. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show today. This has been such a fun conversation. And for giving our listeners all these valuable tips. And I'm really excited. We've never had someone come on and just talk about headaches. And now Stephanie and I have a great resource for people that come to us with debilitating headaches. So thank you so much. I can't wait to share this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have Have a a great great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well. Mm-hmm.